Welcome to Investing is the Easy Part, a podcast series designed to get you thinking differently about your money and your wealth. Here are your hosts, partners at Morella Financial Group, LLC, and affiliated with Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., Paul and Sam Morella. Hi, this is Paul again. And I'm Sam. Welcome to our next edition of Investing is the Easy Part. Today, we use this term called wealth management all the time. We think it's kind of a, uh, an overused term. And what we're going to call it today, we're going to call it wealth management 2.0. And it's what it is really macro wealth management. Well, so what was, what is wealth management, wealth management 1.0? Well, I think it's what everybody's been doing. I think it's what the consumers have been accustomed to. And that is, I'm going to call Morell and he's going to, he's going to, you know, pick a portfolio for me. He's going to manage a portfolio for me. And I, I think in today's day and age, so ready, fire, aim. Right, right. And, you know, the, the way we have viewed the world, I think that's a little bit of an antiquated approach. The world's too complicated and there are too many moving factors that affect somebody's wealth. So today, if you're going to properly manage your wealth, we think it's really, really important that you look at a whole lot of other things. And, and most of the people, when they hear about this, they said, my gosh, I've been looking for this all my life and I never knew where to turn to find it. So throughout our series of podcasts, we're going to talk about wealth management and what you can do for your particular situation and for your family to try to better yourselves. So let's break it down into five facets of wealth management. Let's bite-sized pieces that I think they'll be our audience will be able, better able to understand stand what we're talking about. Okay. And I think the first one, I think where you start is making smart decisions. We talk all the time about our dad that founded the business and how he forced us as kids to make smart financial decisions. I could have murdered somebody in the middle of the city of Reading. And I think my dad would have been madder if I you know, wasted $20 on something. It's just, we were forced to, to make smart financial decisions. So that's, that's number one. How about another one, Sam? Mitigate taxes. Yeah. Tax efficiency. It's not what you earn. It's what you keep. It's what you keep. And our belief is with the current state of the government deficits, we think taxes have nowhere to go but up. We don't think they're going to go down at least. Maybe they'll go up later, but I think it's worth trying to plan for. You know, it's been our narrative for a while that we felt tax rates were going to go higher. And, you know, most of our clients and most of the people that we talked to about that agreed. Now there's no naysayers. Mm -hmm. It's not if, it's when and how much. Well, what's funny is, you know, so we started really hardcore tax planning in, you know, I don't know, 2016, 2017. And clients were resistant. Well, what, what do you mean I have to write a check to the government before I'm supposed to? And, you know, so we got people to do something. And the next year, the drumbeat got a little louder. And the next year, the drumbeat got a little louder. And right now, the drumbeat's pretty loud. And I think they're pretty much all in really concerned about tax rates going up in the future. You know, and I, and I understood where clients were coming from for 46 years, or at that point, maybe 42 years. The mantra was deduct and defer. You'll pay less taxes in retirement than you're paying when you're working. And that paradigm has changed. And it's tough to change a 42-year mindset, but it's really the right thing to do. Well, we think it is. Yeah. We think it's a kind of a no-brainer. But, you know, some of the pushback we get, though, we work with a lot of clients, CPAs, and tax preparers, and what amazes me is how many of them are anti-pay taxes now when I could pay them later. And we have CPAs arguing with our clients. So they have us on one hand saying, you know, let's do tax planning. And them saying, no, no, why would you pay it before you have to? Well, it's micro thinking versus macro thinking. Micro tax planning is I'm going to lower my tax bill in the moment. 
for this tax year as low as I can. Macro tax planning is I want to lower my lifetime tax bill. It's, and sometimes that causes you to pay money now mm-hmm. in taxes to prevent paying a lot right. more later. Well, and our clients, you know, by and large, our clients hate debt. But when you have a big IRA of a million or two million or three million, you've got this overhanging debt to the government and, and you don't even know what the debt is. So I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I can't tell you how many times clients have pr- proudly boasted, I'm debt free. And then moments later, I have a million and a half dollars in my IRA, to which I proudly interject, well, you're not debt free. You have a huge debt. We just don't know how much or when, and it's to the IRS. And they go, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's, we don't know what it is, because if tax rates go up five or 10 percentage points, the value of their IRAs go down. And we, so, can, and we have no control over that, do we? No. No. So, the, well, all we control is what we know this year. We don't know what things are going to be in subsequent years. So that's, that's number two, mitigating taxes. A third is taking care of your heirs, which is a nice way of saying making sure that your financial affairs are in order. None of us are getting out of here alive and you know, passing the money on efficiently to the next generation, I, we think is really important, or at least having your ducks in a row, which we see all too often. Yeah, the fourth one is protecting your money from being unjustly taken, making sure that you're properly protected from the different enemies that some you know that are out there, others that you don't know that they're out there. You know, if you've done a tremendous job investing money over time but haven't taken care of this facet, it could be off or not. And that's immensely frustrating. Right, right. You work too hard, and it's really not that difficult to properly plan in that regard. Another area that we see a lot of clients, especially the baby boomer generation, is that they want to make a difference. There's the successful, a lot of business owners, they feel like they've been very fortunate. They want to make a difference in the world through charitable giving. And you, again, if you're going to do charitable giving, that's great, but you may as well get the necessary tax benefits from it that help, again, you and your family. So, so what smart decisions have you made with your money? Well, you know, I, the story I always tell. So when I was a lawyer, I graduated from law school in, I passed the bar in 1992. And I got it. So a couple of months making $30,000 a year after seven years of education. And my dad calls me one day and he said, where's my check for $2,000? And I said, what do you mean check for $2,000? He goes, I need a check for $2,000 for your IRA. That was the IRA limit at the time. That's how old I am. And I said, dad, I don't need to start saving money now. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to make a lot of money. So I said, okay, just have me the check by tomorrow. So I wrote the check and it hurt. January 2nd, he calls me. He said, where's my check for $2,000? I said, for what? He said, for your IRA. I said, well, dad, I'm going to make a lot of money. I don't have to put my money. He goes, just have it to, have it to Nancy, as his assistant at the time, by tomorrow. So, all right. So I wrote the check and it hurt. Next January 2nd, he did the same thing. So I think the limit went to 3000 by the third year. So about a year or two later, I get the statement and the markets had been pretty good and my money was invested. And I opened my statement. It says $10,000. I said, my gosh, that's a third of my salary that I have saved because he forced me to do it. And there was old stats about doing that. That's prob- I'd love to know what it's worth today. 
But when you get a, a good head start out of the gate, it makes a huge difference when you get to be in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. It's the hardest $10,000 to save is the first 10. Right. And the, first, you know, the old saying, the first million is the hardest to make. So what about taxes? What about a story about taxes, what you've done for clients in, from a tax standpoint? Yeah. And again, I, I, I reflect back on what dad did. Um, dad recognized in 15, 16, 17, the tax rates were probably going to be a lot higher he realized he had a lot of money that was deducted and deferred. So he has a, he has a big IRA account and he felt that not only does he want to lower his lifetime tax bill, but he wants to lower the family's lifetime tax bill. So he made a concerted effort to convert money for the, he died in 2019. So the last four years of his life, he paid, wrote checks to the government to be able to convert money to a Roth uh, knowing that it was likely that he would predecease my mom, and that's that's the way it played out. Now that she's a single taxpayer, she doesn't have to take these huge required minimum distributions. So proudly, uh, and I say this proudly, reflecting on my dad's wisdom, 94% of mom's money is in a Roth IRA, and the money that's not there she uses uh, to give to the church, and we'll go over this later on, but she gets a tax yeah. That's basically tax free too. He was he was a really smart guy that knew the rules and planned ahead of time, and was willing to endure some pain today. Right, right, and and to make and you know, it's at the time it was really painful, right? It hurt, but look at what it's going to do down the road for the next five and ten and twenty years. Yeah, so you have a legal background and you have some pretty good. Uh, client stories about taking care of their heirs. Yeah. So uh, the, the one that, that comes about happened a couple of years ago. Uh, again, what's funny is the clients that we know, the better we know the clients in their individual situations, they tend to get, you know, better advice. And that's why we spend so much time trying to understand our clients. So a client comes in and one of the questions we ask right off right at the get-go at every single meeting is, has anything changed that affects you financially? And they say, well, uh, yeah, our son, Ralph, he's getting divorced. And I said, uh-oh, hold on a second. So I, I said, hold the thought, went to their file, grabbed their will, put it up on the screen, and it turns out that Ralphie was one of the two kids. And if mom and dad died and Ralphie died, the next one in line was his soon-to-be ex-wife. And I showed them that on the screen. I said, we've got to get to the attorney as soon as possible because if both of you die, and he dies, which is, I realize, highly unlikely in the short term. Your soon-to-be ex-daughter-in-law is going to inherit a significant sum of money. So we went through, and we got to the attorney, and you know, basically changed everything up. And, and had to go through some extra hoops to account for the divorce. But in that once-in-a-lifetime situation, or if that had festered for five or ten years, would have been much more likely to occur. That's kind of valuable thinking. And when you start to think about how valuable that could be for somebody, I think it's really, really important. But if you only talked about their investment portfolio, you wouldn't have gotten to the question that elicited the response, my son's getting divorced. And then, right. And that's, again, we think that's the value that a financial, a wealth manager, especially wealth management 2.0 can provide. Yeah, protecting money from being unjustly taken is really important yeah. well, too. I, and again, you know, when, you, when you're in business long enough or you're in a profession long enough, especially in a consultative capacity like you do both in law and in finance and financial advising, I've had two clients have fatal car accidents. Now, 
fortunately for our clients, the drivers were both okay. Uh, and the people that were on the other side, the other vehicle, were killed. One was at zero fault of our clients, and one was a, seemed to be 100% a fault of our clients. So in, in one example, a fellow turns, there was a motorcycle going at a high rate of speed. There was an accident, and the driver obviously wasn't hurt, but it was really shaken up. Both the motorcycle driver and the passenger were killed. The motorcycle passenger. Motorcyclist yeah. and the motorcycle passenger yeah. were, were killed. And, you know, they had a meeting, you know, three weeks after this, and I didn't know much about the situation. But, you know, they came in, and the, the, the husband was really, really upset. And I, you know, I said, it's not worth meeting. I did say, though, I said, you know, how are, have you dealt with the lawyers? Have you called your lawyer? He said, oh, I have an umbrella policy I'll take care of. I'm not worried about the money. They talk to them; it's all taken care of. So zero worries as it relates to that, and zero financial ramifications. So they spent a few hundred dollars a year to get an umbrella policy, and that bailed them out of a really difficult situation. Right. Umbrella policy is just an excess liability coverage, which we'll cover in one of our investing is the easy part topics down the road. So another situation: the other person was in a car accident, and the son calls us and said, "You know, mom was in a car accident yesterday." The son calls us the next day, and he said, "You know, the guy mom hit died today." Ooh, that's that's big. So again, we got first. My next call right away was to the attorney's office, and you know we went through this huge move to try to protect the assets because we were expecting litigation. And one of the my first my my first question to the son was, "Do they have an umbrella policy?" And he said, "You know, I was looking all over the house, and I saw proposals, but they don't have one. So they got quotes for them." but never pulled the trigger on getting it. So they went through, in fact, we finished this in 2020. So the accident occurred probably in 2007 or 8. Oh, my God. And the estate was only closed in 2020, where we had to go through lots of different uh, scenarios with the attorneys. It cost them a fortune in legal fees. It, it cost them a ton of money in taxes. Not to mention sleepless nights over 13 years. Again, we're financial guys, so we talk in financial terms. So it's a real, it's a really big uh, uh, situation. But again, proper planning, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So the last thing, so Sam, you probably have a story or two about making a difference through charitable giving. Yeah, the it's a relatively new strategy and concept, but we have a lot of clients that, that uh, give or donate money to their church. Uh, or any charity, probably. Yeah, but the church is the pr usually the one that it's it, it's up there. So I've I had a client situation where they brought this up, and it it came through that they were gifting ten thousand dollars a year to the church. And essentially, what they were doing is they were earning twelve or thirteen thousand, paying the taxes, and gifting ten thousand dollars after tax. And I said to them, well, now that you're 70 and a half, we can take this money out of your IRA tax-free. And that'll save you $2,200 in tax. Their eyes lit up. And what I found in 35-plus years in this business, uh, if I made a client a dollar through their investment portfolio, they were really happy. If I saved them a dollar in taxes, they were three times as happy. <laughs> It's just human nature. It's, it's, and, you know, so it's a technique that we use over and over. And most people don't know it. it you know, through our, 
our questions and our wealth management planning. Uh, we we you know extract you know the the information that this is going on that we plan accordingly. Right. So somebody's got to be asking the right questions. Somebody's got to be listening to the right questions and answering the questions properly. But it also takes a lot of time, right? So to do all these things to do what we call wealth management 2.0. And the reason we say investing is the easy part, our handicaps would be a lot lower in the golf course if all we did was the investing, which is the easy part. I mean, so we, we just spent 15 minutes talking about these four facets of wealth management, not one real second on investments or in investing. It's truly the easy part once you set up the infrastructure of your wealth management plan. Right, but you got to do the data mining of the clients and what they feel and what's important to them before they can do it. So we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We're going to have more upcoming. We look forward to all of you hearing. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the day. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any opinions are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that these statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Investing involves risk, and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Keep in mind that individuals cannot invest directly in any index, and index performance does not include transaction costs or other fees, which will affect actual investment performance. Individual investors' results will vary. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed. Investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Raymond James and its advisors does not offer tax or legal advice. You should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional.